Looking for your next holiday? Maybe a long weekend with your mates? Or really need to get to the next game? Then it's time to What If It. What If has great deals on accommodation, flights, car hire and more. Plus, because they're the official travel partner of the South Sydney Rabbitohs, you can head to whatif.com.au forward slash Rabbitohs and use the promo code Rabbitohs15 to save 15% on selected hotels. Conditions apply. What if? It's Aussie for travel. Rabbitohs Radio Podcast. Grant Chapel, Steve Maven, Darren Brown. <laughs> Chaps is red hot here, so my phone was running hot there for a while. But Could you catch him? Well, only if I got a bit of a start. <laughs> it's great for rugby league, but more importantly, it's great for the mighty Rabbitohs. Boys, hello, chaps. Hello, brownies. I just press record as that as we go live. Yeah, good day, boys. How are we all? Yeah, good, mate. Did we get that intro in there? Yeah, we did. We did. So, yeah, no worries. We're live on YouTube. So, this is the first for the show. And welcome already to Def Lord, Sammy Boy, and David Morton, who says, Woohoo, let's go, boys. So, yeah, welcome to all our people who can live chat on our YouTube channel, Rabbitohs TV. And we had a big win yesterday. A huge win. Um, backs to the wall, just a, a great team win where you're not, you're not going to sit down and talk about one superstar in the team. It was a it was a win from players 1 to 30 in the squad, to be honest. I'm sure they all played a part in that. They've been working towards that all year. We'll get to that later on the show, but we're all working today, boys. It was tough to get up at 5 in the morning, but when you've had a good win like that, boys, it wasn't that hard, eh? No, it certainly wasn't, chaps. It was uh, very worthwhile, um, you know, walking in them gates today. A lot of Rooster supporters where we work, and they were fortunate enough to get out of jail, so to speak. But uh, who knows? We might meet them in a few weeks' time. Well, you, you never know, I guess. Now we've got a, a huge show on, huge show coming up. We're going to recap that gutsy backs-to-the-wall win against the Panthers, 16-10. We also chat to... Incoming South Sydney coach, current uh, assistant coach, Jason Dimitri. We've also got, remembering Rabido this week, the legendary club icon, George Piggins. We're going to chat about him. We could talk about him for months, but we're going to try and trim it down to a good 20 minutes or something. And then we're going to preview the preliminary final and try and have a little guess about who you think we're going to play. Now, like we said, we're live on YouTube, so welcome again to everyone that's joined us for live chat. So if you're watching this on YouTube, click the live chat button. And the NTRU has said good afternoon all, and Wayne S is back again. And he said, let us know what your thoughts are, boys. We will. And David Morton has said, would be great to beat the Evil Empire in the prelim. And yes, it would. So. Oh, wouldn't it? <laughs> and, and just in a, another thing, if you're new to this live chat thing, we've got some stickers now you can... You can Donate to the show. So down the bottom of the live chat is a little dollar sign. And if you push that, you can give us a dollar fifty or whatever you feel like. Uh, uh, legendary um, Mr. Cullen yesterday gave us $50. So <laughs> what a legend from Wagga. So oh, good on you, Mr. Cullen. You're a legend, mate. And we uh, we drank to that uh, little jester yesterday, uh, just before the game. And um, a big thank you to all our sponsors as well. NG Farrell Real Estate, uh, the Juniors and Export Freight Systems. Uh, they've been great supporters of ours since day one. So uh, get behind all our local sponsors as well. So 
we'll uh, mention them throughout the show as well. We'll just go through the charges out of the game last night. There was only one charge for Viliami Kickow. Looks like he will escape suspension. Just um, going to cop a bit of a fine. But uh, if, he, if he gets done for something similar in, in his next game, I'd say he'd sit some time out there, boys. I don't know if he's had a look at that charge sheet. No one else was charged. Um, Isaiah Yo, I'm pretty sure, escaped any charge for that crusher tackle, which Just wasn't a lot in it. But these days, uh, any pressure on the neck, they seem to um, be quite quick to charge people. Grade one automatically gets you 200 points, which is a minimum of two weeks. Sorry to break in, chaps. David Morton's just given us $2.99. You're a legend, mate. Thank you, for, you that, for that sticker. And on you, Dave. And also, the great Scott Singles has joined us. Singles, big fan of the show. He said, what a great day it is to be a Rabbitohs tragic. And yes, it is. We all had a smile <laughs> on our face today. And sorry, chaps, carry on. Yeah, just, just back to that, chaps. Uh, them charges, like you said, they are coming down very hard on them crusher tackles. Our very own Kuyong Kalamatangi only just recently came back uh, this weekend. Um, for a similar charge, so we've had we've had our incidents with it. Uh, we're very fortunate that we didn't get anybody charged on last you know last night's game. So yeah, big credit to all the boys. Yeah, I mean, and how good was he last night? We, we might just roll into that recap as we're waiting for JD to 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 respond there. Now it was one of the gutsiest semi-final performances I've ever seen from a South Sydney side given absolutely no chance in the, in the mainstream media. Once Latrell Mitchell went down, they put the red pen through us, boys. But uh, we know what how capable this 30-man squad is. We've been talking about it all year. We've got depth from from players 1 to 30, yeah, including those development players, um, Taffy, Ilias, and young Peter Mamazellas. And, and they were just outstanding from the get-go. Started started well. Plenty of energy, like Brownie's been speaking about, and Mavo. Um, we were in the arm wrestle. I think we were winning the field position. Just a, an error. We knew they were going to bomb Blakey, young Blake Taff. He coughed one up. He had all the time in the world. It just um, shifted late on him, and they scored a try off a kick. But I think from there on in, we, we, we kind of won the arm wrestle for the field position for the majority of that contest. Yeah, we certainly did, chaps. And, and like you just indicated, we started fast. But then there was a period of about 10 or 15 minutes when they did score that try that they were sort of like on top. Uh, the Panthers, but look, we uh, we you know we got back into the contest. Uh, we we settled down and, and we just went set for set for them. And like we spoke about before the game, and like we've been speaking about you know since day one, you got to complete high in, in this type of uh, game that's played these days. And that's something that we did well last night. We completed around eighty six percent, and that put us in a you know a great position. And as we uh, welcome uh, Big JD. To the uh, to the meeting. Welcome, welcome, uh, welcome, JD. How are you, mate? Hello, lads. Hey, JD. How are you, mate? Hey, mate. How are you? Yeah, we're, just, we're just briefed, um, briefly touched on the first few minutes of the game, and we started with plenty of energy there, JD. You must have been happy with our start, mate. Yeah, I think it was important for us to start well, um, have some defensive intent early in the game, and. Uh, the boys carried that out pretty well. And just so you know, mate, we're on, we're live on YouTube now. We've got, we've got people live chatting. We've got Brett Hanmer has just come on, and he's, uh, and also Grant Mascot. Welcome to you, mate. And um, you know, they're, they're talking about the game and they're having a bit of chat about it. So, mate, what was it like? What was the mood like in the coaches' box last night? Uh, yeah, it was pretty intense, um, but good. You know, the boys were executing the way we trained and the, the prep that we put in for probably the last two weeks and. 
little things that we'd spoken about, they were they were nailing. So uh, yeah, we were pretty relaxed. Um, but they're big games, mate. Yeah, you know, you know, they can turn in in one moment pretty quickly. And um, but what we did well was we handled those moments and we didn't give them leg ups like we did the previous game. I spoke about that- there's a contribution from one to seventeen. I don't think anyone stood out. There was a great team performance. Any time there was a loose ball on the ground, there was four or five South jerseys there. Same if um, Penrith made a half break. There seemed to be plenty of South jerseys around the football. Yeah, that's we spoke about that. Wayne spoke about that before the game about you know he wanted them to go out there and be the team that he knows they're capable of being, and uh, we didn't fear anyone. And you know, everybody talked about their defence after the, the fifty nil hiding, obviously, and. Um, you know, we've, we've worked pretty hard and I think over the last two months we've been close to the best defensive team in the comps. And, and we knew that going into the game, so, but we needed to show that on the big stage and we're pretty happy we did that. A couple of uh, important areas, JD, that, that um, you know, we're just trying to get right throughout the season and we've been struggling to do so. But last night I thought we were really good and that was a high completion rate. Um, you know, we completed around 86% and... That's something you need to do against these really good sides because they, they give you nothing and you have to play for them 80 minutes. And that's just something that we did last night. Yeah, and like I said before, I think we didn't, you know, we did that for 30 minutes in the, in the game against Penrith a few weeks ago. And then, you know, I think we had four uncontested kicks or errors from kicks. And you just can't do that, you know. And I think, you know, we had one on the weekend with Tough and then we didn't have one for another 60 minutes until AJ made one. So... Yeah. Um, you know, and they're going to happen, but it was the repetitive ones that happened. And then you add to that the ill discipline as well. Um, you know, and then it just compounds. And no matter how well you're defending, um, you can't keep doing it against quality sides. And otherwise, they drag jag points. There's a few uh, good individual performances last night. Big Thomas deserves special mention. He came off the bench and ran for a couple hundred metres. He's a real weapon for us. And, and I also like uh, what Jai Arrow brought for us too, like, just his attitude and, and, you know, they were all up for it last night, weren't they? Yeah, I, I think in reference to Tommy, he's embraced that role off the bench and it, and it allows us to, the starters, to, to set the platform, but then us to, to go to another gear when he comes on. And uh, a lot of teams sort of stagnate a bit when their bench comes on, but I thought him and Jai lifted us to another level again, which was, was pleasing and that's what you want from you to change. And uh, Jacob Host has been doing that for us as well for... Uh, best second half of the season as well. So I thought our bench played a big role yesterday. And and Jai's one of those blokes. That's why he's so suited to origin. You know, finals footy is similar to origin. It's that relentless you know, intensity and and he loves the physicality of it. And, you know, he ruffled a few feathers, which I'm sure <laughs> he doesn't. Yeah. Yeah. He got in their face a bit, mate. You spoke about the bench and and, and we're lucky to have a, a 300 game. I like Benji Marshall on the bench. His, his experience mm-hmm. in the club this year has been invaluable, um, not only on the field, but off the field. To bring him in at around that 30-minute mark and give Cam that nice 20-minute spell on the middle, it, it was a bit of a masterstroke, mate, and he played a good role, Benji. Yeah, he did. He did. Um, you know, it was, a, it, was a, it was a bit of a risk as we used four interchanges in the first half, and um, but we wanted to keep the foot down and, and give him no, no chance to get back in the game. Look, I think Benji's just hungry at the moment. He, he wants to finish his career or finish his or, or get a win a trophy. He hasn't won one since he was 2005 when the Tigers won one. So, I mean, that, that energy he brings to the team. But one of the things he's doing through the week is he's bringing a real calmness to us as well and, and uh, that we don't fear anything and we're excited to get out of the field. And he's, he's doing a great job off the field, Benji. Yeah. Also, just want to welcome big moments. Sorry, so I just want to welcome Mrs. Beck Eakin, our biggest fan on the show. She's commenting and she liked what we did. <laughs> and she also 
made a great comment about how we kept Brian Toto's meters down. And one of those reasons was Jackson Paulo had a pretty good game as well. So, and also I thought Campbell Graham was excellent as well. So there were so many good performances. It was, an, it was a, just such a great win to savor. Yeah, it was. I thought, you know, that we'd identified a, a couple of ways that we could get a Brian Tyler and, and restrict his meters. And it's easy to, to game plan it, but one thing to go there and do it, he still had 22 carries for 180 meters. And, we're sitting here talking about how well it good a yeah. job he did. That's how good a player he is and influential he is. But, you know, limiting those metres forced their big fellas to get back behind the ball and allows us, allowed us to keep imposing ourselves in the game. And um, I thought we did a great job. And, yeah, Campbell Graham was, was – and, and as, a, as was Adam Reynolds, I thought Renault's defence and a lot of people talking about his kicking and rightfully so. He kicked him to death in the second half. But defensively, he was outstanding as well. Yeah. Speaking of uh, – there's a couple of big moments in the game, uh, J.D., uh, Taffy, unfortunately, he forced his hand and, uh, and put a little kick through. It went dead. But that following set, he came up with a, a beautiful catch right under his post. And uh, then we marched downfield and Renault put a nice little kick in and got a repeat set. That was about 12 minutes to go. Um, that took about three minutes out of the game. So that was a, a really big play from young Taffy. It was, and that's one of the things that we've been speaking about the last month is about moments in games, you know, and we, we've got to take those moments, whether that be, you know, taking the kick under pressure or turning the screw back on them and putting them back in their 10 metres when we absorbed what they've offered to us. So, and there was a few occasions where we had to do that. And tough, you know, tough kick to 40-20 from 10 out, which wasn't ideal, but um, his response to it was outstanding. <laughs> um, yeah, his response to it was outstanding, you know, and his courage to take that catch. And, and that's what I love about Taff. I love about some of the young guys that are coming into our system. They just have a real passion for the Rabbitohs, but also they have a, they're not they're fearless. They, they they just want to get out there and, and they don't soak if they make mistakes. They just get on with it. And no bloke was under more pressure than Blake Taff on the weekend, and he handled it superbly. Well, we had a win on the field, um, um, JD, but I think we also had a big win in the press conferences, one during the week and, and post-match made... Um, I think that I've got to say that's got to have played a part in the contest, mate, for sure. Yeah, I'm not sure why anyone wants to take Wayne Bennett on in the press. <laughs> <laughs> nah, yeah. no, he's given, he's given it to me plenty it's of times. not something I'd be doing, that's for sure. But uh, <laughs> yeah, look, it, it just, you know, it, and look, I, Wayne was right. And you know, we did what we, any coach does throughout the, throughout the season. If you've got any issues, you send some clips on and you have some correspondence. But for it to get leaked the way it was and the, the way it was built up and in actual fact suited us. Yeah. We didn't mind and we just got on with the job. And but you know, it's, I think it put more pressure on Nathan probably more than anyone else. And we're speaking yeah, with Jason, we're speaking with Jason Dimitriou here for brought to you by NG Farrow Real Estate. And just to welcome again out of this world has joined us as well. And he, he said he, he hasn't been that happy after a game for a long time. And not, I don't think I was either. I was a bit <laughs> I gave a bit of a nudge last night, then had to go to work at five this morning, but that was good. And, and for, those, for those that have just joined us. We we are we've got our thousand subscribers now, so there's a few things have opened, a few doors have opened for us, like us being able to do this. But in the live chat, there's a little dollar sign. If you want to donate to the show, you can give us a dollar fifty, a couple of bucks, whatever you feel like to show your appreciation. And yeah, JD, just well, while you mentioned it, you did mention the young stars that are coming through. So it's exciting that we've got kids like Blake Taft. But then you know you're you're going to be taken over next year as the coach of the Mighty Rabbitohs, and you've got some talent in young Peter Mamazellis. And also Lockie went good, scored a try and debut, and Davy Mawali. So the yeah. future looks bright at this club. It does, you know, and you know, the club is so well run from top to bottom. We've got an outstanding board and one of the best CEOs in the game. 
Um, so for us, there's no excuse really for us not to be getting things right, our pathways and making sure that we're bringing through the talent because attracting players is one of the real benefits that I've, I've found over the last 12 months in, involved in recruitment has been that players want to come and play for South Sydney and then, but, you know, we want to also bring through our own kids. We want people coming through that their passion is to wear the red and green and we're getting that and, and we've got a few more coming in next year as well, which is exciting. Speaking of, speaking of players coming in next year, uh, JD, Anthony Milford, um, he found a bit of form. You must have been pleased with uh, the way he was playing at the back end of the season. And, and that's the MILF that we know, isn't it? Yeah, look, I'm you know, fortunate to coach Anthony for a couple of years. And one thing I know is he can play footy. You don't go close to winning the Clive Churchill without being able to do something on the footy field. And, um, you know, 17, 18, is also 17, 18, yeah, he was up there with Cody Walker, the best five eights in the game. So um, for us to... This is where this gave us thirty-one dollars. Sorry, so oh, I think good. we're just trying to get it as we go. Hey, 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 don't don't cut in on the coach, mate. No, <laughs> yeah, sorry, mate. Apologies for that, mate. Yeah, no, it's exciting, mate. You know, Anthony's coming for the right reasons. I've said that before, and you know, he'll have some competition as well, so he's going to have to play well. Yeah, he'll he'll have to fight for a position, no doubt about it. He really digs into the line a little bit, like Renault does, to, to give the boys a space at the back, the likes of Cody, Cody, and the boys, mate. Um, uh, we we speak about um. The 17 last night, but the whole 30-man squad, mate, this year, I think I think we might have spoke about it in Mudgy up there prior to that Mudgy game. 28 players you, you boasted about having first-grade experience. It, it's It's been a great year from the, the squad all round, including the coaching staff and yourselves. You should be proud of it. Yeah, thanks. I think, you know, obviously we come into the finals winning more regular season games than any team in the club's history, which is pretty special to be part of. Um, you know, so we, we come in confident as well. And then... Obviously, now we, we want to go that step further. And, and for me, I'm, you know, obviously want to get the job done and, and send Wayne off with a, with a trophy and, and Adam for that matter. But also for us to, to back up, you know, I felt like from 14 when we when we had, had a great season, we sort of dip, dipped a bit there. But mm. you know, with the club we've got, we should be able to have some sustained success now for the next few years. Now, JD, I shared some footage of the training last week and you were in it and you're still looking in pretty good nick, mate. <laughs> We asked Hosty, I think, about it, and he said, yeah, yeah, you get in there and do a bit of the stuff with the boys. And we've had you on the show before. For those that are watching now that didn't hasn't, haven't seen that, you can go back and have a listen to that interview. But you're a bit of a Super League legend, mate. You uh, scored, you're a try-scoring whiz, and some some footage surfaced during the week of you taking an intercept on Twitter. Remember yeah, that one? Adrian Vowles, he set that up for me. I've been thinking <laughs> since. Uh, he just threw that triple cut out. That's what happens when forwards think they can be halfbacks. Um, but yeah, did, did I see a little raise of the arm there as well? Yeah, yeah layering up a little bit. The cousin was over from Australia, so she was in the crowd, so I was pointing to her, but I got knees in the head for it, so I probably shouldn't yeah. have done that. So it yeah. wasn't it wasn't shades of Steve Maven? He's nah, a bit of a swan diver right, and a bit of a lair. That's where we learned it all from, man. JD, mate, just, just going back to the team next year and uh, we've obviously signed Milf. He's probably been our only signing to date, apart from a couple of young blokes. Can the fans look forward to any further signings? You don't have to name them, but are we in the running to, to sign some more high-profile players? Yeah, we've got a couple in the pipeline that we want to bring in to add some experience to the young kids who are coming through. You know, we don't want to just be bringing the young kids in and expecting them to be playing 20 games a year. So, yeah. but not only that, we need some experience around them on the training field and teaching them how to be professional on and off the field. So, we've got a couple of blokes coming in, but uh, as I said before, we've got, you know, three or four really exciting young kids coming underneath uh, Lockie and Tuff and, and Mamazoulis as well. And I think for this year, we, you know, we've 
beat the Dragons last couple of weeks ago with four players uh, that weren't even in our top 30, that still aren't in our top 30. Mawali, Ilias, Mamazilis and, and Taff are, are development players. So, I mean, those four were always coming into our top 30. Yeah. And there's another another four that are coming in under that underneath them as well. So, like I said, it's, it's exciting. But, you know, we've got a core group of players that are in their mid-20s that are hitting their, their straps that are going to be at the club for a long time. And we, our priority was to make sure we locked them in and we were able to do that with Keon and obviously Kimmel Graham and Cameron Murray and Junior Totola. And, um, you know, there's a good host of them added to that with Cookie and Tom Burgess. So, yeah, we're, we're in a good place and, um, yeah, excited for the future, but really looking forward to the next few weeks. It's an impressive, away, impressive conversion rate, mate. You're speaking about the four development players actually progressing into the first grade team. I'm not sure how many uh, teams in the top eight can boast that, mate. Now, um, yeah. what about preparations for the next couple of weeks? We've got a fortnight off again. It was huge to have the rest for, for the big boys in the middle, in particular, your Thomases and Cookies and the likes, mate. What, what's the what's the plan for the next couple of weeks, mate, leading into this prelim? Yeah, I think it's, you know, obviously have a couple of days off um, today and then get back and then, Probably have two sessions this week and then a, a bit of downtime as well. But um, we'll focus more on ourselves this week, really looking at in, improving and, and sticking to things that we've been doing well. And then um, from Sunday, we, I think I believe we play Friday night in the prelim, so um, we'll probably start ramping up. Sunday will be our first day of the week leading into that game, and um, we'll know by then who we play and, and prep will really really kick off. And for this week, it's about making sure they're doing enough physically to keep themselves ticking over, but get away from footy and and just have a break and, and you know, it's, it takes a lot out of you emotionally and mentally to, to get up for these games and uh, the advantage of not playing next weekend is as much mental as it is physical. So uh, it's the first time in, in the last three years, that, uh, four years that we've got to this stage and, and had that week off. So we want to make sure we maximise that. JD, another positive about being up uh, on the Gold Coast is we've got a big fan base up there. Um, and it was great to see so many fans at the game last night cheering the boys on. Yeah, and it seems to have grown while we've been up here as well. They're, they're, you know, they're coming out of the woodwork everywhere now, and uh, especially, you know, you know what it's like. You get the finals time and all the supporters come out and the, the sun's out, the September footies here. So, yeah, it's been um, real humbling, actually, to be surrounded by so many Rabideau supporters. And I know the players are getting a lot out of it. Everywhere we go, they're, they're getting stopped and, and congratulated, and, and that's making them feel good. And, you know, it's, I suppose, making us think about our members and our supporters there at home that can't get to the game. So... Um, you know, this is as much for them as it is for us, and we really hope that we're putting a smile on their face in, in a difficult time. Well, mate, we appreciate your time today. We won't keep you any longer, and it's great that you, we've got the access like this. We can give you a call, and um, hopefully we can continue that into the future next year and beyond, and good luck with the, for the rest of the season, mate. No worries. Thanks, boys. Thanks, good JD. Thanks for your Well done so far. See you, mate. Boys, I'm not sure if you can hear that in the background, but my dog is drinking out of the toilet. Just give me a minute. Ah, <laughs> <laughs> oh, the beauties of live television, chaps. So Big Buffett sitting there with his head in the toilet, gulping. He can probably hear no, we couldn't actually hear it, chaps. But, um, well, we'll, we'll carry on now. now this is yeah, the all, all the viewers out there, mate. There's a lot of questions coming in. We'll try and pick some out. It's pretty hard to, to answer all, all the uh the questions yeah. why we got JD on because he's only got yeah. a short amount of time. But go back and have a few, listen to a, few, a couple of them, Brownie. And, and like, so for people that are watching and listening, before when we did the podcast, we used to stop and say break and, and you know what, we edit it all up. But now you're just going to get it all in one take. We feel like that it's the rule. Wayne, Wayne, just Wayne S just commented, 
we're in very good hands uh, after post Wayne, and and we've always said that we yep. interviewed JD before on the show. If you haven't heard it, go back and listen to his journey. It's it's one hell of a journey that he's been on throughout his footy career and his coaching career, and and we've always said it. We're in safe hands when uh, when JD takes over. Let me tell you, and and all the fans seem to be uh, thinking that the same along the same line as we are, boys. Yeah, and look, we've got 50 people in the room now, so that's a really good result for us, live chatting with us. And and a few people have already made donations. There's a little dollar sign down the bottom, and I know we keep reminding you, but, you know, we've, we're have we trying to grow this show. We want to get some more apparel. We need equipment. You know, we've got our lapel mics, and, and you know, you can support the show by donating a little sticker. But, yes, and here's Paul Cullen. That's the, the gentleman that gave us that wonderful donation. And he said, hey, Mavo, please ask J- JD what – does South Sydney Football Club mean to him? And I wish I had read that before he's gone, but he's he's already gone. We'll ask him next time we get him on. Paul from beautiful Wagga in the in the New South Wales uh, West. So yeah, and another one out of this world. He's, he has said, "Do you think Latrell might go back to the centres if Taffy gets that fullback spot?" Oh, it's a big call. One. Yeah, big I don't call. know. I don't know. I think Blake yeah. might have to wait his time. But yeah, and then Renee, Renee, some it's, it's early days, boys. But I don't think it's out of the question either. Not out of the question. Well, I just said it's a big call. It's not out of the question uh, by by all means. But um, Latrell was in pretty damaging form from a fullback. But Taffy's got the ability; he can play a number of positions as well. Mm. So he's not just a fullback. He, he has come through the system, um, you know, playing a little bit of halfback and five eight. So you know, a perfect. Benji Marshall's type player uh, is, um, you know, young Taffy, but geez, he's doing a great job at fullback for us and played absolutely sensational last night. I spoke to his um, uncle on that after the game and they had a couple of beers that, that Uncle Brad and Darren and Cousin Bo, they had a couple and they, I was talking about some players like Joy, Joy Arrow went well and he goes, mate, I didn't see anyone else out there but Blake. We were only focusing <laughs> on him, mate. So they, they really had their eyes um, set on there. On their nephew and son and their cousin there, so well, well done to the well done to the Tafts, and uh, that's just a, another one in the bank. And I, I'm sure he's only going to go from strength to strength uh, over the next couple of games, boys. And, and Mal just commented on uh, Latrell Mitchell, the world's best left centre, and I agree with you. He yeah. he is one of the world's best centres. He proved that in State of Origin uh, with his performance there. He probably nearly got man of the series in the Origin series, but look. He's a wonderful player and can play both positions really well. And, um, you know, look, we're, get, we're going to miss him throughout the next couple of weeks, but the job Taffy done last night was outstanding. Yes, it was. So I'm just yes. sharing this to our, to, on Facebook for the people that don't know. I know there's 50 of us here, but we've got a few thousand people on Facebook that, that might not be aware that, we can, that we're going live now. And thank you to everyone for joining us. It's a new thing for us, and we've still got a few teething problems how we're going to, how we're going to interact with everybody. But, uh, yeah, so we move on to Rabbitohs News, boys. Brought to you by the Juniors Group of Clubs, the Rabbitohs Home Away From Home, the place to play while the bunnies are away. Now, obviously, the big news is that we're into the prelim final. We've got the week off, and we meet... Manly, all the roosters, and I've already got that penciled in the win column. You know, maybe they don't want to go off too early. But... Oh, hang on, man. hang on, hang on. <laughs> uh, Manly weren't that good. Manly were fairly ordinary against the Storm, and that they can do that to sides. But, but Tommy, yeah, Tommy... Well, that's exactly right, mate. Uh, Manly, look, they, they might have looked ordinary, but full credit to Melbourne Storm for shutting Manly out, similar to what mm. we did to Penrose. Yep. We came up with a game plan. 
to shut him out, to stop Toho and in his big meter, meter you know, runs. And that's what Melbourne did to Tommy Turbo. Yep. He, he wasn't sighted. I mean, he, I think Turbo only run for like 125 metres. Mm. So full credit to Melbourne. They're, you know, they're the benchmark of the competition. But let me tell you, the bunnies are coming for you. Yeah, yeah. So that'll be a big. That's going to be a big game next week. The Roosters. Well, look, they just got out of trouble against the Titans. And anyone who came on our show last night, as soon as we went live, we're watching the game, and the Titans were running down the field to win the game, and then the centre only had to give it to Big uh, <laughs> for feeder is standing right next to him, and he probably would have scored, and he tried to go himself. And Brad Ryder said Tom Burgess best game ever. Yes, South historian Brad Ryder has joined us, and we're going to have his second. We're going to have his segment on in a minute, which is going to be the great George Pickens. So stick around because the show is only going to get better. It's one of the greatest, if not the greatest, Rabbitoh of all time. We're going to feature him coming up soon. But, yeah, getting back to that. So, yeah, they, they, they just got out of jail, the Roosters. Manly weren't that great. They'll play next week. We meet the winner of that. And, yeah, so and then the winner out of us and the winner out of that will go to the grand final. On the other side of the draw, you've got the Storm will await the winner of the game that's coming up at 4 o'clock to Savo. The Eels and the Knights. So I can't really see either of them. So Beck Egan just said the the live reaction to the Penrith bomb try was awesome. Now we were all live, boys, uh, yep. in our pregame show, yep. and it was towards the end of the Roosters Titan games. To the yep. to the viewers that don't know what Beck's talking about, but we were all going mad when uh, <laughs> that try was nearly scored, uh, yeah. hoping that the Titans uh, will get out of jail, but it wasn't to be and. Uh, yep. The Roosters went on to win the match, but I, I might have abused the Roosters. I'm, I'm not sure. I'd have to go back and listen to the replay. But look, I mean, just before we finish Rabbitoh news, we've, got, we've had some great news today. There's a little bit of sad news. Um, one of the sponsors of the Rabbitohs, long-time sponsors, he's sponsored, you might see the sponsors come up when they put the players' names out. Um, Baywash Dry Cleaners is the company in Hillsdale, just around the corner from me. My cousin, Scotty Singles, alerted me to this. Paul Nicolau. He's passed away during the week. He's he's washed the South Sydney jumpers for twenty years. So oh, he's that's been that's a been a big part of the club there. Um, yeah, all them dirty jerseys have, have come down there to Hillsdale, and he's washed them. And uh, um, our condolences out to, to blood, him, him and his tears. families and friends. And yeah, yeah. Um, uh, look, it's a sad time, but I know we would have been proud of the result last night from the boys. That's sad. And I'd like to welcome Rabideau's fan. He said he's up his family and we're up there watching the game. Um, he said we smashed Penrith. And Brooke Anderson said one of the all-time great victories, boys, flying the flag up here in Brisbane. So Brooke's up there in Brisbane. And I agree, Brooke. I agree, Brooke. That's um, well, we, that's a fair statement. It, it was a um, just a back-to-the-wall, gutsy win, like I said at the top of the show. No one gave us a chance in the mainstream media. Here on Rabideau's um, TV and Rabideau's radio, we've been talking up this um, the depth of this quad. For 18 months now, blokes like the your Blake Tafts and you know the boys are already on to Keon Kalomatungi before he come into the squad. Um, yeah, yeah, we 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 were tipped off about Jackson Paulo over you know what nearly two years ago now, and, yeah. and he played a huge role last night, a yeah. much maligned um, right wing position. Uh, and I and I spoke before the show that I think he's nailed that. I thought he I put his put his hand up a few weeks going into the semis. And, uh, and and rightly so. He won't be um, getting budged out of that right-wing position, Browning. Yeah, uh, we definitely... Uh, well, I was pushing for his case uh, when he got left out of the side and they put Mantor in. I, I thought uh, Jackson Paulo deserved his chance. But look, hey, he's taken his opportunity when it's come over the last couple of weeks and he's been instrumental, scoring a couple of 
you know, really important tries uh, for us down down on that uh, right edge. And um, yeah, no, I thought he had another whale of a game last night. But I just want to touch on uh, the bench. JD touched on our bench, and I thought they were instrumental uh, last night. Uh, when you're a bench player, you know your whole goal and, and what you want to do is when you come onto the field is make an impact, and that's something that our bench did. Tommy, Tommy, uh, Tom Burgess was just unbelievable with uh, yeah. you know his charges upfield and they just couldn't handle him Tom and uh, Jacob Host and, and obviously Jai Arrow who we thought was outstanding and and the, the bloke that who only probably got 15 minutes was Benji Marshall and he came on and played another different role he came on he replaced Cameron Murray to give Cam a spell played up in the middle made a few little darting runs yep. half breaks which put us on the front foot and uh, look, a credit to the bench, and um, I know JD was happy with the way the bench went as well. So, yeah. yeah. A few well people done. commenting about Jackson, you know, Beck saying he's, he's got good creativity. And, uh, yeah, so, um, and also in Rabbitohs News, our website, rabbitohsradio.com.au. We've been writing a lot of articles. Please support that. Read our articles, share them to your, your network, and obviously the YouTube channel. And thank you to everyone who has joined us this for this um, show, we're live on YouTube and we'll just have a break here. So Rabbitohs Radio and Rabbitohs TV is brought to you by NG Farrah Real Estate, the Juniors Gripper Clubs and Export Freight Systems. So if you're ready, boys, we'll get into this big remembering a Rabbitoh. Now, last week, I just want to clear something up. Chaps, you were talking about we had um, a Harry Wells on. And, and you mentioned that the way he got his call, his name was Wills and he got called Wells was at the game. They got his name mixed up and that's how it happened. But Marco Sivis from the South Sydney Rabbitohs Almanac, he provides us with a lot of information for this segment. And he actually rang me and said that it was actually Harry's grandfather, the boxer, whose name was misspelt by a Melbourne newspaper originally. And thank you for that, Siv, because we do like to get it right. And... Mm-hmm. Yeah, and so if we do get something wrong, Siv or Brad Ryder will contact us and we'll get it right the next week and clear it up. So this week, we're going to roll into our Remembering a Rabbitoh, brought to you by Export Freight Systems, with thanks to South historian Brad Ryder. And this week it is, chaps? George Leslie Piggins, AM. Born September... Where are we? 14th of October, 1944. Yeah, they missed that there. Well, what's written down there? Anyway, George Leslie Piggins, born the 14th of October, 1944, in Mascot, New South Wales. The Piggins family lived in Linden Street, next door to the legendary South halfback and President's Cup coach, Clem Kennedy, and his wife, Mary. Much to know, Clem. Much to know, Clem, back in the day. He lived at Imaruba at one stage. Yep. Nickname, Barney, given to him on the waterfront. He is one of seven children born into the home of a railway worker. He's a wharfy too, boys. What about that? Now, me, Mavo and Brownie were all working down the waterfront today on day shift. There you go. Did you just know he's a wharfy, boys? I didn't know that. No, I didn't. No. Nah. Until nah. Um, Brad um, wrote, wrote this um, little bit of text here. Yeah. George learned early in life about family, friendship, community and hard work. Rugby league taught him discipline and respect. He became very close to his mascot E-grade coach, Freddie Griffith, who kept the local kids off the streets. George started off as a second rower and changed to hooker as a teenager in 1963. 
a rare one-club player. Higgins played in seasons from 1964 through to 1978, 121st-grade games, six tries, 105 reserve-grade games, two tries, and 33 third-grade games, a couple of tries there as well. He became a first-grade player number 546 in round five on Anzac Day in a 15-17 loss against Newtown at Redfern Oval. Yes. What an interview. Anything to add there, boys? Well, you're about to touch on it. He, uh, there's a funny story about his debut. He, he actually gets sent off. Yeah. You want to read that next bit? Yeah, okay. So, so, so Brad said this on a, in an interview on the history of South video released in 1987. George said, I remember my debut clearly. A scrum went down sometime in the second half. My opposition hooker was Clary Jeffries. He kicked me in the shins. So I said, <laughs> so I said you low C. And had a t- we had a tussle and four players were sent off by referee Laurie Briers, Rod Gorman, Bull Gorman, George... Bruce Olive and Jeffrey all got their marching orders. <laughs> so yeah, it was. A, it was he a, was tough too, Rod Gorman. Yes, he was. Oh, yeah. My mum's first boyfriend. My mum's first boyfriend, boys. Rod Gorman. Yeah, Rod Gorman actually coached us when we first came into grade, Mavo, didn't he? Uh, under twenty threes, him and Frank Curry. He did. He did. He was. A, he was a reserve grade coach. Frankie was the third grade coach. So I'll go to the next bit, chaps. George was sent off nine times in his career and was suspended four of those times. He famously locked horns with Manly's English lock forward Malcolm Riley at the SCG in 1973. Both were marched in the 58th minute and copped three game suspensions. South lost 31-24. And we used to talk to him quite a bit about that at training, Brownie, didn't we? The old, the old fight, that famous fight. Yeah, mate. He was certainly up, up for the uh, up for the occasion when there was a blue on old George Piggins, but he was one tough player, mate. And uh, we got to witness that live, Mavo, didn't we? at training, um, when we were doing ball work. Remember, we used to do ball work. Um, these days, they call it a post. Well, back in the day, you didn't have many reserves, so there wasn't too many players to run run against you. And George would take his shoes off and while we all had boots on, and he'd be playing one or two out, him and another player, against us. Mm. And he'd be running full ball, and he'd want us to tackle him as hard as we could. He's, imagine Ian Roberts hitting George Piggins. He just got up and kept going. And that's just the type of coach he was. Yep. And welcome to Darren Sheehan. And he said, he, um, he, he said, great show, boys. He's watching from the Sunshine Coast. And Grant Mascord says he remembers him as a truckie. And we're going to talk about that, how he, he, he did the, he patented that thing on the truck that made him some money. A bit more about his footy career there, right? Yeah. He represented South in 1965 President's Cup and was graded later that year. Frank Fasser, the secretary of the champion St. George uh, Dragons Football Club, offered young George a contract to play lower grades after watching him in a trial. But he wasn't interested and only wanted to play for South. Loyal. Loyal as they come, George. Yeah, George. He needed the weekend overtime on the waterfront being, ma- being already married to his first wife with young kids. And he asked South for £1,000 a season. They offered him £300. Decimal currency was obviously changed in 1966. He wouldn't budge. So he told them that he'll just go and play for Mascot. He can go and get stuffed. <laughs> Several weeks later, South rang him and gave him the money he wanted. Next minute, George is back. In 1966- solid, eh? Huh? He stuck solid. He did. Well, 
Right? He knew what he was worth because obviously Frank Fasser offered him a certain amount. And he thought, oh, I don't want to go and play for Saints. I still want to play for South. He would have known they were going to come knocking. Yeah. When you, you, sometimes you back your ability, don't you, boys? Yep. In 1966, South signed hooker called Elwyn Waters as an understudy to Fred Anderson, and George effectively became the third-choice hooker. South won the reserve grade grand final 12-5 over Balmain that year with Walters in the second row and Piggins hooker. George didn't get along with the reserve grade coach, Les Chikakawa, the legendary player from the 1950s, who later became a selector. Comments such as, Piggins is a liability to South from the leading referee, Cole Pierce, who had a news column, kept George out of first grade for a long time. George and Cowie reconciled late in his career. In 1967, however, he played 16 first grade games until being suspended for repeat scrum infringements against Norse in round 19. This gave Walters his chance. And he not only won a premiership, he was also selected in the 67-68 Kangaroo Tour, boys. That's all about opportunity, isn't it? Well, it was back as it was back in them days, chaps. Yeah, it was all about you know the, what it is. And in, in today's look at young Blake Taft, you know, taking your opportunity when it arises. And um, yes, George certainly did that. Yep. Yeah, for sure. Okay. In 1967, however, he played 16 first grade games until being suspended for a oh, on another one. So Walters kept his spot. For most of 68, with George playing just three games in first. South won both first and reserve grade grand finals, both against Manly. Walters played in the first grade 13-9 win and Piggins played hooker in the 17-7 reserve grade win. So you must have had a good, powerful club back then winning first and reserve grade. Yeah, well, here, I'll read this next one, chaps. And Brad said, how is this for a reserve grade team that took the field? Kevin Longbottom, Russell Amato, Ray Brannigan, Ralph Grace, Alan Healer, Greg Norgard, Ivan Jones, Gary Stevens, Bob McCarthy, Paul Say, oh, Dennis, Slugger. Dennis Slugger Lee. He got sent off a few times as well. Yeah. Georgie, Georgie Piggins, Chris Armstrong, coach Fred Nelson. And McCarthy was returning from a hamstring injury. So the great Clyde Churchill didn't want to risk him. So how, how good was the how much depth did they have? Did they get <laughs> unbelievable? They could win the first grade with all those guys playing second grade. Yeah. Yeah. So. And then I like this one, chaps. George finally got his chance in the 71 grand final. And a bit later, I'm gonna, I've got some other stuff from people. We're going to talk about it. But well, uh, Owen Walters suffered a broken collarbone in the 1913 win in the, over Manly in the major semifinal to qualify for the GF. And so George gets his chance, right? Comes in and plays a blinder. Right? He, uh, he was everywhere that day. And he made some de- many determined bursts in the second half. He turned defence into attack on several occasions by raking the ball and the play the balls. Now, that was his one of his fortes is getting in there because back in the day, the play the ball was a contest. Now, it was a bit ugly. It used to happen a lot. But, you know, George would be in there raking the hell out of the ball and too bad if, <laughs> too bad if your feet or your shins were in the way, you'd be just in there going for the ball. So, says George. Well, it was a contest, wasn't it? You, you went in there to win the ball. Yeah. And... That's how, how the scrums have changed over a period of time. And, mm. um, you know, Mario was good at it as well. Yeah. Oh, and Roberts back in the day too. He, he, those big long legs, he'd stick them in there. So, yeah. yeah. So we'll move on to this bit here, chaps. South won 16-10 to take their 20th premiership. And the great Georgie Piggins played an important role. 
but financial difficulties coupled with bad management meant they couldn't hold their star players. One by one, they left. John O'Neill, Ray Brannigan to Manly, Ron Coote to East, Elvin Walters to East in 74, with Dennis Pittard going to Parramatta. But you can take over here, chaps. George stayed loyal to South. George stayed loyal to South. And in 75, was selected in Australia's World Cup team and played in three games, beating Queensland twice and the touring Great Britain team. He captained South in 15 first-grade games, mainly in 77. He scored an unforgettable try on Sunday, the 2nd of May, 1976, against West at Lidcombe in front of a bumper crowd of 17,425, refereed by the legendary Gary Cook. Boys, we've spoken about that try. Wax lyrical on the on the podcast about that try. Wow. And uh, hey, here's, a, here's a little bit more description about it. You want to read that bit about it, Brown, um, Brownie? Yeah, and just, break, just breaking in. The seafood and vape sauce. Great work, guys. Mark Harris, viewing from China. So we've got a, a viewer all the way over in China. Wow. Yeah, so we're, all, we're, go, we're going global here on Rabbitohs TV. And thank you to everyone who's joined us. We are getting through our, This is a long remembering of Rabbitoh because it is the great George Piggins. And we've got some good stuff coming up for some people that know him. So if you stick with us, we'll get through it. And also for the live chat, there is a little money sign down the bottom. If you want to donate to the show, press the money button. and you. Can- yeah, just a quick chat. And we just spoke about it, uh, Mal. I uh, just want to uh, respond to what Mal has just said. And we, uh, George actually had, had that run in with Mal Rowley at the uh, at the SCG, and George said he actually had his eyeball in his hand. Yes, <laughs> he had he had his finger that far in his eye. Yeah. It was just about in his hand, and yeah. uh, and he yeah. said that there also should be a statue of George at Redfern Oval, and I, I I can agree with that. We're actually we're actually starting a campaign to do something at the new Centre of Excellence, and a statue of George Piggins sounds excellent. Maybe one of Reno and one of. The great Sutto, but definitely one of George Piggins. So. Well, so we we done a we did a bit of research on, on George Piggins, and, and we didn't have to do a great deal because we know a lot of people that mm. uh, that are friends with George, and as we all are. But uh, I just want to read something from uh, the great man Norm Lipson, uh, who was a, a great friend of George for many many years. He was in the media himself. Uh, he was a news reporter and uh, worked for Channel Ten. So, and this is, uh, and he's still. You know, uh, George's, you know, great friend till today. George Piggins is a true South hero. Many of us know how he played for Mascot, was graded with South and won a competition with South and played for New South Wales and Australia. We all know how, when no one else wanted it, George took the chairmanship off the football and leagues club and stopped them from disappearing. So he had a big role in us uh, disappearing from the competition. We all know that George put his house up to save the Rabbitohs and famously took on News Limited and the NRL and inspired hundreds of thousands of people to back him in a fight he led, and we eventually won. That was, that was great times back in the day, and mm. uh, it was all through George Piggins that, you know, we, we fought hard and won, you know, our, our position back in the competition. Norm said, but there's also the other George Piggins that I've known for many decades for all his toughness, and he is tough. George has a soft spot and a caring side as well. He cares for people and he cares for animals. Now, I know for a fact, um, boys, that uh, he's got a lot of horses, George. He's, he's raced racehorses uh, with the Jimmy Lee uh, stable. And, you know, he loves his horses. He, he loves his dogs. He used to have boxes. He used to walk them around Centennial Park. Remember that, Mavo, his dogs? Yeah. Remember he, the boxes, yeah. 
he used to bring in the train and he loved, you know, he loved his animals. So yep. uh, he goes on to say, I've seen him in tears over the plight of people doing it tough. And I've seen the gentle way he treats his dogs and horses, like we just said. And one thing is for certain, George Word is his bond. It is more sacred to him than a written contract. If you're ever in the trenches and you can pick only one person to be in there with, the choice is easy. George Leslie Piggins. He's a bloody, he's a bloody great bloke. There should be a statue of the man. Norm Lipson. Yes. Norm Lipson. What a great tribute, boys, to uh, you know what a great man George Piggins is. Yeah, and thank you for that. Now, I'll, I've spoke to Dr. Jimmy LaHood, who's also very close to, to George, and his thoughts were, he remembers a game when South were playing Manly and George got smashed in the face, right? But he played on. And Dr. Jimmy said, I was only standing 10 metres away. He said, every time they wiped the blood from George's face, every time he turned around, the blood would be back all over his face again. <laughs> he said, they came back from about 30 to 10 down. They got beat. But Frank Hyde gave George his Man of the Match award. And Dr. Jimmy's dad, Herb, loved George. He's passed away now. But he said he's never seen a bloke with that much fight in such a small body. And he said, when we were out of the comp, everybody weakened, everybody weakened except for George. George said, South Sydney Rabbitohs or nothing. We'll die standing up, not on our knees. And Jimmy went on and said, nobody in the history of South has done more for the club. Right? He said, we lost Elwin Walters in that grand final. And he said, he was there. He said, so George becomes the star of the game, raking the ball and was involved in two of our three tries. Jimmy said that when his dad died, George was in the room and there was tears flowing. He said he cared about the LaHoods. And Herb LaHood always used to say that when it comes to South, George was never wrong. And that George just keeps surprising people. He's, he was so smart. Now, I've just got a little bit here on George and this. It's from my personal point of view. And a couple, a couple of the things I was a bit embarrassed to say, but Jimmy said to me, look, tell your story and, and say, say it how it is. I'm just going to say it. In 1986, George brought me into the Jersey flag team and he went and watched me playing Jersey flag. Sorry, I got a bit flustered there. I was playing Jersey flag at, at Belmore Oval and he came to watch me play and I got sent off. And he comes up to me after the game and he said, oh, look. Oh, George would have loved you. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, and he said, look, yeah, well, you should have, I should have said, you told me the you know, keep out of trouble and you bring me up into grade. So I'm forever grateful to George Piggins for doing that for me. And yeah, I could have said to him, well, who are you to tell anyone not to get stuff? <laughs> anyway, and, and then George gave me my first grade debut in 1987. And in the lead up to that game, he, he was on TV. And when he was asked about me, he said, South haven't had a centre as good as me since he's been with them. Now, Jimmy told me something that he remembers another time that George was having a go at me in the dressing room after a loss. And, and when I walked away, Jimmy said, went up to George and said, why are you picking on Steve? He said, the whole team played bad. And George said, he's got more ability. He's got three times more ability than those guys. So it's a bit embarrassing to say. But And another one that George, um, another thing that happened, and in that terrible semifinal when I had a shocker and George replaced me, he, he come up to Jimmy and his brother Peter and said, to look out for me because I need people around me. So he, he, he cared about me at that time. Then, you know, I've got to I've, I've had a shocker and the Rabbitohs got eliminated, but he cared about me and told them to look out for me. So, yeah, that's uh, that was uh, my, my side. And, and Brownie, you're the same. He gave you your debut as well. Yeah, he did. Well, I owe George a lot. Uh, a young bloke uh, in, in a pretty hot side. Uh, you know, back in 1989 when we won the minor premiership, it was a 
a team full of superstars in terms of our forward pack and our back line. And yeah, George gave me the opportunity and I, I owe George that. I trained hard and worked hard and he, uh, he rewarded that. And it's something that I owe George a lot for. I had a great friendship with George for many, many years. My dad had known him for many, many years before that, coming through right. the grades. And, um, you know, it was just a, he's just a, a great person. Gives you the time of day whenever you see him. And uh, there's one story my old man told me that um, he went to JJ Carl's school. He jumped out the window at 15 and never went back. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So that, that was just uh, one of the stories. And look, uh, a tremendous fella who's just been doing it a little bit tough of late. He's back on the mend. And, you know, a shout out to you, George. And what a, what a great man he is. And I just got a couple more things. So I spoke to Sivo, like I said, Marco Sivis, and he said that George was um, a, a, a little nugget. That's what he said. He, one hell of a nuggety player. And when the big moments came, he was always in there. And he said, so he had like three careers at South. One as a player, one as a coach, and one as a famous administrator. So, yes, uh, thank you for that, Siv. And also, I spoke to Josh Pickens, who is George's nephew. Right, and he asked, and he asked. I said, "Ask your dad, Wally, because there were seven boys, I think, seven kids. I might have been a girl. Sorry if I got that wrong." But he, I said, "Ask your dad, Wally, any memories of George when you were kids growing up in Mascot?" He said, "Yes." He said, "He remembers the day that George and their other brother Albert got hit by a car on their bikes, and he said they flew five foot up in the air, and everyone thought they were dead. Someone was yelling, the Piggin boys are dead.' But no, he wasn't dead." And none, you are you not surprised that George gets hit by a car, flies five foot up the oh, air in his feet? But we could have lost the great man then. And also, Josh said that he remembers Uncle George as a man who doesn't suffer doesn't suffer fools and was respected. So thank you for that, Josh. Good and just away from footy, post playing, he worked as a truck driver, like you said, chaps, and on the waterfront. But he eventually started his own trucking business. Yes. So he's no he's no deal. He's a very smart man, George. And he also invented a device which increased the rate which trucks could be unloaded. So it was either a hoist or uh, them rolling pins on the truck. I can't remember which one it was. Yeah. But, but Meadow Lee actually bought it off, off him for millions and millions of dollars. Yeah. Uh, right. And he yeah. also had his uh, nursery, his garden um, nursery there on Gardener's Road. Gardener's Road, yeah. So, yeah, look. Family um, business. A very smart businessman as well as, you know, being a, a great administrator, a tough player and, and a wonderful coach. I wouldn't say he was the smartest coach, but just a coach that got the best out of his players. Well, he won Dallium Coach of the Year twice, mate, 86 and 89. So he couldn't have been too bad, boys. Um, yeah. Yeah. Well, my mum, my mum grew up a mascot and I asked, I just thought I'd give mum a ring. She always got plenty to say, a bit like myself. But um, anyway, she said, yeah, I remember, George, um, back in those days, a lot of people had horses in Mascot back in the in their fifties and yeah. Said, I just remember him and his mates riding around Mascot on horses, horseback. Yeah. Which is it's a far cry from today. There's you're more likely to hear the the, the bip bip bipping, bipping of a, a big truck or a forklift around Mascot. It's quite an industrial area close to the airport these days. But that's one of the memories mum said and Chaps, yeah. I think there was actually a race course uh, at Rosebury, just at the back of Rosebury there. It was, yeah. But I've read his book, George's book. It was a while ago now, but that's the, one of the things I remember from it, that back in the day, it was like a little semi-rural area. People had pigs and chickens and yeah. they, they, the kids would ride their horses to school. It was a different different 
era to what it was now. And that's probably why George has this love of animals and why he's such a caring guy. And, and he just was Brownie, like I said, just an old school guy. You know, he had, he's a millionaire, like we all know, but he wasn't dressed up in Armani suits and that. He would just wear slacks and come and be one of the boys and have a, have a laugh and a joke with the boys. And he always used to love giving me a hard time. And, but I've, Deserved it anyway, so that was good. I, I, I just remember him when you guys were playing, and you know, I, I got a few autographs off George. I was a bit of an autograph hunter back then, and he was always pleasant, and I always had I took the time to, to to speak to the young fans and stuff like that. He was he was an absolute gentleman, and obviously, when we were excluded from the competition, the fight back that um, he was just a hero to, to fans like myself. I mean, he's just. He, he was just a uh, every single South fan idolized him, still do this day. And I was really disappointed that they split ways when the privatization sort of thing come in. And I felt like George got excluded a bit there. But um, I was so happy to see that he um, got to the grand final in 2014. That was yeah. just, you know, he, yeah. he deserved to be a part of it. It was a, you know, it was a sort of that five to 15 year plan to get us back to being a successful team. And, and I think every South fan out there was just, was so happy to, to see that George and yeah. Nolan were a part of it. Well said, chaps. Yeah, yeah. and and Nolan, she's she's been the rock behind George, and you know, behind every great man is a great strong woman. woman. Strong woman, she's yeah. And, and you know, and what we haven't mentioned is also George was ordered was awarded the Order of the Australia Medal in two thousand and two for his invaluable contribution to the South Sydney community. Isn't that an understatement? Yeah. Wow. And sport in general, and the Centenary Medal for services to rugby league. Presented by the Office of the Governor General in 2003, and you know I've got, I, I can bet that you know George wouldn't be raving on about how good that is, but that is a huge honour to be order, uh, uh, Josh, uh, George, Josh, sorry, George Piggins AM Order of the Australia Medal. So what a legend! And well, we've said it before. I'd love there for there to be a statue uh, of George Piggins, whether it be a Redfern Oval or the new Heffern Centre. But yeah, I'm I love George and. Uh, he deserves everything that comes his way. And just a bit of feedback from Grant Mascot. George used to come to the butcher shop my dad worked at in Rosebury to pick up the meat trays for South Player barbecues. The butcher <laughs> shop was owned by a relative of George Trawick. None other than that, Peter. So there you go. Thanks for the feedback. And like I said, it's, this one's gone a little bit long today, but um, I think we'll wrap it up there. And thanks for everyone to, for, for coming on the segment and watching us. Now, our last segment we're going to roll into is basically... We preview the prelim, but there's not a real lot to preview because we don't know who we're playing. But well, what JD what Jay did, did say, maybe that it looks like it's going to be a Friday night game. Oh, okay. And, yeah. okay. and what we can say is it'll be our fourth consecutive prelim. And we're, we're on a hat trick of losing streak there. But I'm, I'm extremely confident that we can go into the big show and make the GF. Now, look, the Storm is a juggernaut, and, but they can be beaten. And Parramatta showed that a couple of weeks ago. And, you know, let's let's go in with that game. Look, we've got to get there. I was just talk, talking to Miles Chappells before, your brother. And he said, look, I'll be happy just to get to the GF because I've only seen one in my lifetime. And to get to another one would be great. And who knows, on the day, if we get to that GF, if we play like we did yesterday, we can do this. 100%. You've got to think, you got, you got think um, look, the game hasn't kicked off yet, but... The Parramatta-Newcastle game, I think Parramatta win that comfortably purely off the back of the rest. They rested a hell of a lot of players, Parramatta, in that final round leading into it. The Melbourne Storm did. They had a win. South Sydney rested. We had a nice, easy win. 
I'm not easy to win, but we had a win. We'll, we'll, 16 10 is a bit of a flog in, in my eyes in a, in a game like that. But um, look, I, I think by the time uh, the Roosters and Manly are finished with each other, you've got some pretty pretty heavy contact guys in, in that Roosters side, including Joe Whitey, Hardgraves, and little Victor Radley. He, you know, he's as tough as they come. I don't think the Roosters have got enough players in their squad to beat Manly. They've got a great 13. They don't have a great 17. I think they might just run out of puff, but I think they're going to do some damage to this Manly side. By the time they come and meet us on that Friday, I think they'll be limping into that game and and we'll be coming in primed and we, we might even put the cleanest through that mob. With a yeah. bit of a rest under our belt. And Grant has just commented on, uh, on the uh, chat line, uh, every team can be beaten on any day. And that's not a word, not a better word said there from uh, Grant because Parramatta just proved that last week by beating Melbourne and we beat Penrith yesterday. So that is very well said there, Grant. And another thing that was well said by Paul Cullen, too much South Sydney is not enough. <laughs> and what's Brad saying here, we won the 1955 grand final without our back, without our fullback Clive Churchill. Could history repeat itself with Latrell Mitchell not being there? Well, there you go. Very good, Brad. Very nice. So, all right. So don't forget to listen to the top four podcast with Jeremy, Shannon, and Ello. It's a great show. And please rate and review and share. Tell your friends that you can interact with us live. Thank you to everyone who's donated with the stickers. We love that. And and the, the, the viewers will be getting more of this, Mavo. Going live is that what that's the uh, that's us moving forward? I think so. Like so, now we're going to do our teamless Tuesday live like this, and we'll do our Sato Stay live with the great man. Oh, John. don't forget the competition. Oh yeah, so the competition. If you if you subscribe to our website, then you can come in and have a chat with John Sutton on Thursday. So we're on Thursday. On Thursday. Yeah, this this Thursday. We will draw it on Tuesday. Yep. For teamless Tuesday, even though. We won't be announcing our team. We'll still do a team list Tuesday and we will announce the winner. So make sure you subscribe to our website, rabbitosradio.com.au and go into the running to have the opportunity to join us on Sato's Say and have a chat with the, the great man himself, arguably one of the, the best players to wear the mighty red and green, John Sutton. Oh, yeah, 100%. Yeah. Uh, the 336th game, John Sutton. Game, and we're lucky to have him on Rabbitohs TV. And we cherish his time. Going back to the top four podcasts this week, boys. Uh, George Leslie Piggins was mentioned. They're talking about their their favourite and greatest hookers. Uh, it was a great little segment. I encourage you to go back and listen to that. And they spoke about a few hookers in their time. And the, the, probably the two best hookers I've seen. I mean, I'll, I'll leave Damien Cook out of it at the moment. He's only been with us for a couple of years. But I think Isaac Luke, Isaac Luke, and Mario Fennick, mate. I can't go past them two blokes, mate. The Falcon. And Dags1207 has just said, thanks, guys. Great episode. And we love you, the fans. Without you, we haven't got a show. So thanks for supporting us over the last two years. And thanks for coming online, guys. We feel like Appreciate we're getting strength to strength. And, and how's the coast looking these days? Well, the coast is looking great. Uh, the seafood man from the seafood and vape sauce from all the way from China. So, yeah, all, to all our fans around the world, thanks for joining us. Hope you enjoyed the show. And we'll see you with another big show next week. And we've also got these still, two for still 20. Still available. Still a couple available. Yep, and they're great quality. And they're red and green. And they're only cheap. Two, two for 20 bucks. 
Happy days. Plus postage if you need them posted. And here we are all in. Here's where you're watching this now on YouTube Live. Thanks for joining us on Rabbitohs. Coming into summer, they'll come in handy. There you go. Other Rabbitohs. Thanks for listening to Rabbitohs Radio Podcast. Proudly presented by What If, official travel and pathways partner of the South Sydney Rabbitohs. Support the club and visit whatif.com forward slash Rabbitohs to book your next trip. Don't forget to use the code Rabbitohs15 to get 15% off selected hotels. Conditions apply. What if? It's Aussie for travel.